I'm Emily Hirsch, and this is the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Attention innovators, influencers, creators, and game-changing entrepreneurs, your internet domination begins right here. We are the powerhouse marketers that you've been looking for. You're already making waves in your industry, and we're here to help amplify those waves of change by creating a connection that cuts through the noise. We take everything you've built inside your zone of genius and find its audience. With killer strategy and laser eye for impact, we launch multi-million dollar campaigns and skyrocket your reach online. And now we are doing the unheard of. We're unveiling everything we've learned, taking you behind the scenes with the Hirsch Marketing Team and giving away the secrets to our clients' success. Stay tuned for top converting strategy, ROI reports, and insider knowledge that you won't find anywhere else. You're changing the world and we're the team to help. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you are spending today that this release is with family. If you celebrate Christmas and it's Christmas Eve, I know I will be unplugged and offline. And I'm looking forward to lots of quality family time. Um, My whole family is coming here to my house. So we will have a very full house, um, including like people sleeping in my office. So it's going to be really fun. And I am excited to spend time with my dad and my brothers. um, And my mom's coming after Christmas and really just have a lot of unplugged time, which I value so much and have done a really great job this year prioritizing and it's made a big difference in my life and I'll spend the week after Christmas really taking it easy since we're not going anywhere um, I am going to be working a little bit but I'm going to use it as like content free space white space on my calendar get stuff done and then a lot of planning for the new year just personal planning and personal goals and reflecting so I love taking the week in between Christmas and New Year's to spend time doing that and then of course spend lots of time with my kids but um still thankfully have some nanny help so I can do some things for myself too um, like that planning and self-care. So today I want to dive into a new funnel best practices which it's going to be the self-liquidating offer funnel and the last podcast episode I did was webinar best practices just 2020 what's working what's not working with these funnels and I'm going to do a couple more of them to finish off the year Um, but today we're going to dive into self-liquidating offer funnels which really picked up a lot of traction in 2020 there's a lot of people trying to do a self-liquidating offer funnel or maybe having one that is successful and we actually did a whole series on self-liquidating offer funnels in July because I was seeing and have been seeing so much success with them but there's a few key things to making them successful that most people don't realize realize even honestly the people teaching it who have had successful ones like don't fully give you the big picture of what it takes to have a successful self-liquidating offer funnel so if you're listening to this and you're like what is a self-liquidating offer funnel it's also referred to as a slow funnel slo and it basically means you sell a small priced digital product with usually upsell so you have a you know $27 offer it goes add to that $27 offer and then maybe you offer them another you know $17 thing on your order bump on your order form you've got a little box that says yes add this on and then on the up on the thank you thank you page you've got an upsell for $97 there's tiny 
micro digital product offers and typically you're running it from the ad straight to that sale. So it's a lot like an e-commerce physical product strategy because you're going ad to sale versus like a webinar strategy where you're going ad to webinar and then you're selling on that webinar. So that's kind of the difference with it. And they picked up a lot of traction this year for a few reasons. One, because there was a couple people who started teaching it, created like a membership about it and, and had success with it and then started teaching that to their audience. And so a lot of people started following their systems and doing that as well. But two, also, I think this year, a lot of people started buying small price digital products because they were this like low risk, very high reward for their product. So the one of the keys is, which I'm going to talk about in the best practices, is that first offer has to be absolutely incredible. Like it has to be a no brainer for that low price. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to get a quick reward. I, I like to call it that it's a tool. And the mistake people make is they will sell like a video training or a mini course or something that takes a lot of time for somebody to go through when what works the best is selling like a tool or a template. Like you've probably seen a massive social media like calendar planning or you've seen um, like ours is a toolkit so it has all these tools like ad copy swipe file and a projection calculator and actual things that somebody can buy and then use and that works the best as that first product but I think the reason one of the reasons why slow funnels took off so much in 2020 is that people wanted those very valuable low priced offers and they they really started buying them because it was that low risk very high reward instant gratification um, in buying that. So here are my best practices for slow funnels. The first I kind of already talked on, but the first offer that you have, that thing, that, that very front of your slow funnel has to be incredibly enticing. I don't recommend it's like a video or a training or a masterclass or something that's going to take a lot of time for someone because then you automatically have that objection of time. So the first one I recommend it's some sort of tool or template or a swipe file or a combo of those that if I buy it, I will instantly see results. I will instantly be able to utilize this and save myself time, save myself money, do something cool with it. Um, and it's that tool. And then your upsells can be, you know, the systems that, that, that you use for that tool. But Where people get confused is they'll be like, well, I have to sell the system before I can sell the tool. And while you might think in your head, well, the best thing is for someone to buy this system before they buy the tool, at the end of the day, they want the tool. Your audience wants that, like like I said, fast reward, high reward. I can use it right now. It doesn't cost me a lot of time. They want that. So if you can make that first offer super enticing, it will just sell a lot easier and it will be a lot more successful. So that's the first best practice is that you follow that kind of tool format and your first offer is a no brainer. Honestly, you should be able to genuinely charge three to five times what you sell it for. Not like the fake you know, it's valued at $10,000 for $27, but like really you could confidently sell it for three to five times the cost. If you feel that and it is there, it will be a successful slow funnel because people will just love and want that product. Okay. The next best practice is to make sure you create a big enough average cart value. 
So that means you can't just sell that first product and most likely you will not be profitable. If you are just selling a digital product for $27 and that is your strategy and that's all you're selling, when you go to run numbers on ads, you're gonna quickly see that it will be very hard to be profitable. So my recommendation is that you have upsells. You have things that create a much bigger average cart value, ideally at least $100. And even then we're gonna talk about how it should lead to something even bigger so your average cart value you really want to be even like around $97 and you want it to be that or above which your average cart value means if you take all the people who bought from you and then all the money you made from those people and you divide it what's that number that you get because obviously some people will buy the upsells some won't some will add the order bump some won't what's the average amount you're making per customer that's going to help you understand how much you can pay to acquire a new customer with your ads. So make sure you don't go into this with just thinking, like if you see someone with a successful slow funnel and you're like, oh, they're selling a $27 offer, that's all I have to do is get that to convert. It's wrong because the reason they're successful and making money is what's happening on the back end of the slow funnel. And I sometimes think people treat slow funnels like, oh, this is just the easy funnel to do and I'll make a bunch of money from it and it's the minimal effort from me. And it's not true. Slow funnels are not easy. There is no such thing as an easy funnel (laughs) that does not exist to get something just converting super easily. You have to put effort and work into everything that you do. And so if you choose to do a slow funnel, you're going to still have to put effort and work and arguably even more because it's harder to get someone to buy something than it is sign up for a free webinar. Now, also, you got to get that webinar to convert. So there's pros and cons to all of it, but it's not easy. You can, if you're choosing a slow funnel because you're like, oh, that's the easy way to make a million dollars or have a successful funnel and I saw da-da-da do it, don't choose it for that reason. You need to have an optimized funnel and the important piece is that you do have a big enough average cart value because if all you make per customer is $20 on a digital product, it will be very hard to be profitable with your ads, Okay. All right, the third best practice for slow funnels is to lead to something bigger and more expensive on the back end. So you'll have your upsells where you have um, your $27 offer and then maybe you've got, like I said, a $17 order bump and like a $97 upsell. That's your slow funnel. And then what are you doing with those leads? In my opinion, and there might be some people who disagree with me, But in my opinion, a slow funnel is a lead generation tool. You're getting leads. You're hopefully paying for those leads. Um, Maybe profiting like two times your ad spend. But you're hopefully making some money off your slow funnel. It's not going to be massively profitable. So ideally, you have something higher ticket and a bigger picture that you're sending people to. Whether that's a membership, a software product, um, a thousand dollar course, a service. So for me, it would be a service and I'd send people to our application. I highly recommend you tie your slow funnel into that bigger thing. If you don't have it yet, just plan to do this. And how that could look is you have a slow funnel and you have those upsells and then you're sending those leads to a webinar. 
And then on that webinar, you're pitching your bigger thing. And that's absolutely fine. You don't have to go straight to the bigger thing. I think people get confused with they're like, how do I go like $27 offer to $97 offer to $1,000 offer? It's not direct. You don't have to do it right on the, the page itself. You can have a webinar or some other form of a funnel in between. But still, overall, you want to be sending those leads to something higher ticket, something that is your core offer. I don't believe, and I know this is probably a bold statement and people will disagree with me because there are a very select few who has proven this wrong, but very, very few. Because even if I think about the people who I've seen have very successful slow funnels, they have backend offers. They have a mastermind or um, a large course that they're selling. So I don't even know if there is one who's been fully 100% successful, millions of dollars in their business on just a slow funnel. So my bold statement is I don't think a slow funnel is a business. Just having that and selling these tiny, tiny digital products, maybe if you sold like a lot of volume and that's all you did. And, And also if you had that audience, like for example, people who target teachers and people in the education space, they buy a bunch of low price products. So we have a client who has a membership And that is her core offer. But she also sells a lot of like templates and small price things. And she's able to be profitable with that. But she also has her membership as her core offer. So the slow funnel is not the end all be all. And that's the mistake that so many people have made this year. And we have to correct clients coming in who are like, I just want to do a slow funnel. And we have to educate them on this exact thing of like, you can't just do a slow funnel. It has to go to something bigger for this to be profitable in the long run and if you plug in like in our projection calculator if you start plugging in numbers you'll quickly see why and why that is a reality because it's almost impossible to make this the the profitability you need yes maybe you can get profitability on just the ad spend but that's not going to pay for your whole business that's not a profitable you know business model you need to have that bigger thing so if you don't have it now or if you do Use a slow funnel to gather leads. It's a lead generation tool. It's not just a sales tool and that's it and that's your only business strategy. You're gathering leads to then take those leads into a core offer. Like I said, membership, mastermind, high ticket service, larger course that's like, you know, $1,000 or or more, Um, a software would work. Anything that is like that is your core offer and the slow funnel is the, the method to getting them there, the lead generation tool to taking them there. At Hirsch Marketing, we manage hundreds of thousands of dollars of ad spend every single month. We deploy new strategies every day with our clients and are able to test and optimize strategies at a faster pace than any one team or person could ever test. The data we have here is one of our greatest assets. We're pulling from over 55 clients' accounts at one time, which allows us to document strategies that are working in all different industries. We've compiled those strategies into multiple case studies that break down every part of the strategy and even link in the exact ads that were used to deploy the strategy. Visit hirschmarketing.com slash case study to get instant access to detailed case studies on webinar funnels, high ticket sales funnels, live launches, self-liquidating offers, e-commerce product funnels, membership funnels, and many, many more. That's hirschmarketing.com slash case study. All right, I have two more best practices. The next one is 
it's really important when you are running ads that are straight to a product that you have a lot of variety in your ads and you're testing a lot of different angles. You can't just have one or two creative versions of ads running to that product. You have to have variety in your ads that lead to that bigger product. And it's like e-commerce. It gets even more important in your messaging that you hook the person in that ad because that ad is doing most of the selling for you. Whereas a free webinar, there's a lot less of a risk for me to go sign up for a free webinar. Whereas if you're convincing me to buy something, then you have to really do it in that ad. So testing Instagram reels, GIFs, um, you know, animated images, 15 second or less quick videos, very, very compelling copy that talks about, you know, your offer, why it's different and what problem it solves. And then making sure you have that variety in your ads that lead to that slow funnel is very important. And I think people do overlook this because they think like, okay, I'll get the good product. I'll make the sales page and I'll just run ads to that. Um, and it will work. And the ad, like I said, has to do the selling. So it's always important to have good creative and good messaging in your ads, but it's even more important, arguably, with a slow funnel because you're convincing people to buy within that ad. So make sure you have that variety leading to um, to there. And then to add on this, to add on the ads piece, make sure you have retargeting. So let's say your funnel is you know, this main product with an upsell and then your goal is to send people to an application and maybe you have a webinar in there. Well, you wanna retarget all the leads who came into your slow funnel to that webinar. And so this becomes a part of one massive funnel strategy that you're directing people to the different steps. So make sure to build out that complete picture ad strategy to get the most return on your ad spend, okay? My final best practice that I'll add in here is if you're having a hard time getting that slow funnel to convert, so if you're having a hard time going add to the sale and you're just not getting sales, maybe you're getting a lot of clicks but it's just not converting, one thing you can do is put just a, an opt-in on the front end and then put the, the self-liquidating offer on the thank you page. So that way you can start also gathering leads and you're not spending a ton of money getting traffic with no information for that traffic. So. For example, you could have your $27 offer on the thank you page of this really valuable PDF guide or I would recommend it be like a, a, an opt-in, not a webinar because that's going to get you a more expensive cost per lead. But if you had something that's very easy to download, so for me, it'd be like the Hirsch Marketing Report or maybe our case studies. And we do have our self-liquidating offer funnel on the thank you page of those. So I'm getting those leads and then I'm going to get a percentage of those people to buy my product. And so if you're having trouble selling that first step, this is a strategy you could do so that you can still gather leads and get some slow funnel sales but you're not wasting a ton of money with nothing really to show for it so if you're struggling with that or if you're new and you have to test your messaging this might be a good strategy option it's also referred to as like a tripwire and it's just a way for you to make sure you're getting the name and email address of somebody while also sending traffic to your self-liquidating offer funnel now you have to make sure that that opt-in is extremely valuable because that will be important in getting like you want two three dollar leads if you can to an opt-in if you're paying a ton cost per lead you may as well just send people to a webinar like if you're paying eight dollars for your opt-in lead and then you're going to a slow funnel it's going to cost you a lot of money 
because only a small percentage of people maybe 10% are going to buy on that thank you page. And that's actually even high sometimes. So um, that's an option if you're having a hard time getting it to convert. Final thing I want to say that I was thinking of as I was talking, and this isn't a best practice, but I want to touch on this because it's very important, is selling a book and doing the free plus shipping model for a book. Somebody could see that as a slow funnel because the book price is low and then there's upsells and I did I think I did a podcast about like the problem I did a podcast about the problem with paid challenge funnels I don't know if I've talked about the book funnel here's the thing a book is not a good option like unless you have a huge name and you are a big influencer with a big following who already will buy your book like Russell Brunson like Rachel Hollis like those names It will not work for you because a book is not an enticing offer, to be honest. Like, let me ask you this. If you saw an ad for somebody who you had no idea who they are and you saw a book, would you buy it? Not knowing who they are and and not knowing any credibility around the book and the information in the book, would you buy it? I'm guessing your answer is no. I know my answer is no because reading a book cost so much time for me and is already a big objection I need to make sure this book's going to be good and to be honest there's a lot of crappy books out there these days and everybody thinks I can just write a book and do a free plus shipping book funnel because Russell Brunson said so and it's not a slow funnel I don't recommend it I have a book we do not run cold traffic ads to that book I include it in other ways I sell it on my website I give my book away to all our clients and our students I still think a book is an amazing tool to share your methods and your process and or or tell your story or whatever you're using your book for it is not an enticing enough offer to run cold traffic ads to a book and get people to buy it at a profitable rate you might lose money on it and be be okay with that because maybe you're using that as a lead gen visibility tool but it is not a good enough offer because it's not if people don't know you they're not going to buy the book and so I've spoken openly about that. Same with the paid challenge funnel. I have the same problem with that. If I do not know you, I am not going to pay to participate in your challenge because it's going to cost me a ton of time and I don't trust your content yet. I haven't built that trust with you. Yes, it'll work for Russell Brunson. It'll work for those people who have that name and that credibility already, but it's a disservice for them to then go say, everybody should go and do this and this is a converting funnel without taking into consideration you have a completely different audience, a completely different offer, and that has to be considered with your marketing. So I want to mention that because going back to my first point that the first offer has to be super enticing a book is not super enticing. A video training is not super enticing. This has to be a tool or a template or something that I cannot get anywhere else. It is three to five times the value I'd be willing to pay for it. And it's a no brainer that I should buy it. Okay. All right, you guys, those are my self-liquidating offer funnel best practices. And I want to mention if you are considering working with Hirsch Marketing, our calendar is so packed and booked from our secret podcast series last week that I would get on our calendar. I'd go to helpmystrategy.com. I'd see if you qualify to work with us. And we have two different options. We've got our completely done for you agency. And then I have my done with you program where we take you through the trainings and the materials and coach you with one-on-one calls to achieving your marketing success. We're going to be going into 2021. I want you to think about this year and how you're going to achieve your marketing goals. You've probably set revenue goals and 
business goals, how are you going to take your marketing to the next level? We would love to partner with you if you are the right fit to work with us. And we'll tell you if you are or not through our application and through our process. But if you're considering it, go to helpmystrategy.com, get your application in. We only have a few spots. We actually had to start limiting spots to our our course, Ignite, because we offer those one-on-one calls. And so the success coach can only handle so many. So we've got a number. And then once it's capped, you got to go on a waiting list to get in. So make sure you get in. Um, Otherwise, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Go behind the scenes of multi-million dollar ad campaigns and strategies. Dive deep into the Hirsch process and listen to our most popular episodes over at hirschmarketingunderground.com. If you loved this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. That's all for now, and I'll catch you next time.